Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journeyman Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. Uh, Thanks for coming in and uh, listening. Um, Listen, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and share. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, The link is found on, on Instagram, Facebook, and also on show notes here on the on the audio a couple things to talk about today um wanted to speak about sort of an update on a surgery i had about a week ago for those of you who've been listening for a while you know i i, I was i was injured about six months ago um in, actually in july uh, this past summer and I've been sort of nursing this uh, this nerve injury that I had in my neck, which eventually progressed down into, well, it didn't eventually, it did right away, cause my right arm and hand to mostly go numb for, for quite a bit of time. And I've been sort of compensating with that for a while. And uh, I, I had to make the decision to, to get surgery. Um, I'm glad I did. Uh, um, I'm glad there's, there's uh, there's people out there who's actually able to do that, which I'll get to in a second. And I'm also grateful for uh, my gym, my coach, and all my training partners for, uh, you know, sort of adapting with me and, and helping me through this. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I wouldn't have been able to get through this without them. So much love. Thank you, everybody. Um, all right. So they had to eventually go through my elbow. Um, at first they thought they had to go through my neck, but that was actually too, um, where the, the pinched nerve was, where the nerve damage was, it was too much. They said it was gonna be too much of a surgery. And when they got the EMG back, they actually, I don't know if you've ever had an EMG, but they actually stick needles up and down your spine and they, they send electronic pulse, electric pulses and they time the relay back and they, they, they do that in order to pinpoint where actually the nerve damage is. And what they ended up doing was almost like a carpal tunnel surgery. Uh, it was called like an ulnar dis- distillation. I'm, to be honest with you, I don't know the medical jargon. Um, I didn't go to medical school. Um, I wasn't a good enough student to go to medical school by any means, which again, I'll circle back to. Um, but they ended up going through my elbow um, and they... Whatever she did, Dr. Young, thank you. Uh, shout out to Dr. Young, Crystal Run, Middletown. She's a neuroorthopedic surgeon who specializes in the hand and um, elbow, I'm, I'm assuming, right? She did a great job. I was in and out of there within a couple of hours. Um, already feel a lot better. I could already feel the difference in my hand, my grip strength. Um, I've got, you know, a significant amount of stitches in my, in my right elbow about, I, I counted about, I think there's about 15 in them and they'd be I think there might be some like, um, interior stitches as well. I'm not sure. Um, but hopefully I'll get those out soon and I'll can get back on the mats and doing, you know, you know, lifting weights and or at least lifting weights with that side of my body. I've been trying to lift the other side of my body and doing what I like to do. But um, again, just the fact that there's people out there that have the knowledge and the ability to do 
something like that and go to school for something that like, like that really uh, gives me uh, a lot of hope uh, for you know uh, students who actually strive to get into something like that. Um, I'm assuming that you know Dr. Young and surgeons like her didn't get mandatory 55s or mandatory 65s in, in high school. They actually studied and were the best in their class and went to school and and now is doing what they do. Um, I believe I was uh, surgery number three or four on that day. She might have had more. I'm not sure. But I can tell you a week in to after the surgery, I'm already feeling uh, much better. I'm very hopeful for you know, the future as far as my, my mobility and my feeling in my right hand and arm. Uh, my grip strength in my right hand's already improved significantly, especially with my, my, my forefinger and my, is that what it's called? My index finger and, and my middle finger. Um, I've, I could already feel the strength in back in my right thumb. So I'm already able to turn uh, items and, and pick up light. I, I could definitely feel a difference. It's almost feel, it's all, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, carefully optimistic here, but it's almost feeling like it's coming back to normal. So I'm hoping that's the case. I may have to have neck surgery in, 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 the, in the distant future, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to that. But this long rant, um, I just want to, again, thank, thank Dr. Young and her staff for, for doing what they did. I was all hopped up on, I don't know what I was saying to her, but I was probably like, thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing for me. Very, very grateful for what she was able to do. And I'm also very grateful that there's people out there who actually take the time and the initiative to uh, get into fields like this so they can change lives and, and repair lives. So thank you so much. And um, thank you for everyone who's, who's helping me through this. All right, uh, with that said, the title of this episode is called Red Card. The we, uh, you know, Six Nations uh, was just this past weekend and it, it was, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was uh, three, three really good matches, like sort of edge of your seat matches, um, minus the Italy Scotland, but Scotland match, but even that was pretty good. So I just want to kind of give a synopsis of all three of these matches, maybe give my little uh, uh, spin on it. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, I'm sure you guys are going to have, I'm going to forget, I'm sure, a whole bunch of um, minutia details and uh, good points. So if you guys want to share that with me, uh, that would be much appreciated. The first match I want to get into is the Wales-France match. And I, I knew this was going to be a good match, even though on paper France obviously is the better team. Um, but Wales, for some, I don't know what it is about Wales, but they are either on or they're off. Like they are the hot, they are the hot and cold team. Always, always, always. And obviously they are the reigning uh, Six Nations champion. And, you know, they made it a match. You know, Wales is always tough. They're always tough. Uh, they always, uh, you know, bring the defense. I enjoy watching them play. They're definitely a, 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 a hard-nosed rugby team, sort of old school a little bit. Um, they definitely got France out of their uh, um, form for a little while there. France was, I don't know if France is playing down to them or they just weren't able to um, kind of figure out 
um, get settled, so to speak. Um, eventually, France did figure it out, but Wales did make a match of it. It was probably closer than France would have liked. Um, Wales just made too many mistakes, you know, too many attacking mistakes, uh, too many penalties, and, uh, you know, too many, uh, if I remember correctly, too many turnovers and missed opportunities inside the 22. And that seemed to be the theme of, of the weekend, um, even with the uh, England-Ireland game, and we'll get to that as well. Um, so France was able to uh, defeat Wales narrowly. Um, and, you know, that set up the second match, which was the, uh, well, anyways, the second match was televised, the Scotland-Italy match. Again, uh, two teams. Uh, Scotland is usually in pretty good form. Um, but this year, uh, just not looking like the old Scotland team, or at least not even close to what the team looked like last year. Italy played much better in this match than they have been. Uh, they were a lot more dynamic than they usually are. Um, again, it came down to discipline, um, but that was also another tight match. And Scotland was um, was able to win, but Italy did put some good progressions together. They did put it did, did in times show um, uh, you know some nice phase ball, nice some nice open play. Um, the problem is Italy just. It's, I feel like they're like this no man's land as far as their progression goes. It's like they, they, I feel like it's like a team without an identity. It's like, do they want to play hard nose, you know, uh, front, front foot uh, ball, or do they want to open up their game? And it's like they try to open up their game and play to the same level as their opponents um, in that respect. And they just constantly are on their back foot and they're constantly getting um, exploited. Um, on, on defense. Um, the tackling still needs a lot of work. Uh, you know, at times, Italy looks fantastic, especially with their phase ball. Uh, and then, you know, it's like if the ball is turned over, it's almost like an automatic try because their their tackling is just very, very poor from what I saw. Um, so that that that's my take on the Italy-Scotland game. Um, was It was um, entertaining. Scotland um, is not in good form. Um, they also was sort of, I felt like they were playing down to Italy a little bit, but they were able to, to keep it together. All right, so for the third match, um, and this match had so many twists and turns to it. I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you, but it was uh, really entertaining. I actually didn't watch this match until Sunday. I taped it because I really wanted to sit down and, and go over it. And um, I was like mentally exhausted after watching this game because I had I had to write, you know, I was writing notes and I had so much going through my head and there was so much to um, to uh, to sort of convey. All right. So um, obviously you have the red card within the first two minutes of a game. So England is playing a man down. Uh, for the rest of the match. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with, most of you listening to this are familiar with the rules of rugby, but for those of you who aren't, if you're red carded in, in, in a rugby match, uh, there is no replacement player for you. You are you are down to that man for the rest of the match. So uh, just for, for context, England is playing with a man down with 14 players on the field um, for the remainder of the match. 
And again, this happened at the 120, one, one minute, 20, 20 second. Um, uh, so that means for the next 78 and a half minutes, um, Ireland was playing with a full side. Um, okay, as far as the red card goes, very controversial call. I can see several sides to this call. Um, I can see the referee side. Uh, you know, as far as the letter of the law goes, you know, you cannot make uh, initial contact uh, with the upper body with your head. Okay, there's just too many angles and too much technology. And, um, you know, as opposed to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So it's the referee is kind of stuck put in a, in a, in a bad situation. Uh, so he had, I, I understand the call and why he made it. I'm just going to put it at like this. Um, the red cards of today are definitely not the red cards of 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I've seen a whole lot worse on a field that wasn't even a red card from all different levels. So I'll just keep it at that. I, I know that, uh, you know, World Rugby is, is trying to really um, sort of um, push, um, obviously, you know, uh, a tackling issue and the, and, the, and the wrapping issue and the high tackling issue. And, and I get that for the safety and continuity um, of the um, players and of the game. Uh, but that was sort of, I don't, it, looked, it did not look intentional at all. Uh, but whether it was intentional or not, um, the fact of the matter is uh, the other player was hurt. I think if the other player didn't get hurt, or, or from what I, when I, when I understand is he already has a, a a sort of history of 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 head injuries, that I, I don't think it would have been a red card to be honest with you. But either way, it was a red card. Um, England is playing a man down. Okay, um, despite the fact that England is playing a man down. They absolutely dominated Ireland in the set pieces, um, especially in the scrum. I think Ireland had almost double digit penalties by the half. Um, a lot of those were from the scrum. Um, they were just not able to figure out. Um, they were getting wheeled. Um, they were getting pushed around. Um, they were um, basically getting their, their dicks kicked in the dirt uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so um, England was dominant in the set pieces, um, despite being a man down. Um, Ireland was using a lot of pick and goes, which were, was being productive. But again, like too many turnovers, too many lost opportunities, especially inside the 22. I counted at least three times that Ireland was on their front foot inside, you know, attacking uh, past the 40 and they were, they, they turned the ball over or uh, there was a penalty or there was some, you know, silly mistake that uh, they sort of lost their momentum. Um, I counted 13 penalties by Ireland by the, by the 57th minute. Okay. 13. That's almost, that's unheard of. Okay. Especially by a side like Ireland. Um, that's, uh, and, and by the way, they're playing, their opponent is a man down. Okay. So just, again, I you know I keep saying that, but just keep that in mind because that is a big deal in, in, in a rugby match. Okay. Um, great match though. Um, the game is, is tied up by the 60th minute. 
Okay, so so I'm like, wow, this last 20 minutes this is going to be amazing, right? Uh, Otoji gets a penalty in the 66th minute. Okay, uh, again attacking, I believe. Okay, um, Otoji is one of those players where you know he's such a poacher and he's always all over the ball, and you know he just again, you know you have technology. They caught him with his hand, um, um, you know. Um, sort of uh, molesting the uh, scrum halves uh, passing hand, um, which you're not allowed to do, okay? Uh, any other day, any other angle, they probably wouldn't have gotten caught. He got caught doing it, but that's why he's so good because he always sort of, he always toes the line. Um, and, you know, he makes a lot of big uh, poaches, you know, in, in pressure tight situations as well. So Ireland, uh, Gets a penalty, uh, they get the three points. So at this point, it's 18 to 15 in the 66th minute. And after that, it, it almost like you can feel Twickenham sort of just deflate at that point. Because up until then, there was a lot of energy in the crowd. Um, there, there was uh, there was singing for, you know, for the entirety of the match. I've never actually watched a match where the, almost the entirety of the match, the crowd is, um, um, you know, singing. Uh, it was actually uh, kind of. It was. It was actually. Um, it was. It was. It was amazing. Um, I, I was getting like goosebumps just watching the match. Uh, reminded me. I, I just showed um, the nineteen. The final of the nineteen ninety five World Cup in class uh, with uh, Francois Pignard and the Springboks and, and Nelson Mandela and um, the Spring and South Africa's victory over New Zealand and um, you know sort of the 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 atmosphere and the climate and that's that's probably like you know, the best example I can give of that. Anyways, after the 66 minute, after that penalty, uh, you can almost feel the, the energy in the crowd deflate. Um, Ireland is able to uh, point, um, slot in another two tries, I believe, after that. Um, and the final score is uh, 32 uh, to 15. Um, that score doesn't represent um, everything that was going on in this game. Again, there's a lot of sort of uh, subplots going on uh, from, you know, the red card to you know, Ireland's uh, phase ball to Ireland's penalties um, to England's domination in the set pieces, um, even the lineouts. You know, there was there was clearly, you know, the, the one thing I can say about this match is that the, the penalties the amount of penalties sort of ruined it a little bit because there was a lot of stoppage of play, which as us rugby, uh, for rugby players, we're, I guess we're kind of okay with that. I was never a fan of that, but for rugby viewers, you don't want to see that. You don't want to hear the whistle get blown every minute or so because it just slows down the game and it's just, it's hard to, uh, you know, offensively, it's hard to just, you know, create a, a momentum and continuity and a progression and phase ball. Um, and defensively, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I never liked it. And I was more of a defensive player when I played. So I, that, that's just my spin on that. So this sets up some matches uh, for the final week of Six Nations. Um, next week, I believe there's a three matches again on Saturday. Um, it's going to be, obviously, it's going to be between Ireland and uh, France as far as 
uh, wins and bonus points. So we'll see who comes out on top of that. But big weekend of rugby coming up. Um, I'm going to be sad to see the Six Nations end. Um, I enjoy this time of year just because of this. Um, and uh, just definitely some good rugby. And it's definitely, you know, some good material to, to look at and study and see how the best players in the world actually perform in their craft. Uh, again, for those of you listeners who are unaware, um, these are like the, the best club players um, in the world, pretty much. You know, some that could be argued, obviously, by the rosters, but they, these, these, these players are selected to represent their, their countries internationally, um, and, but they all are superstars on the respective clubs. Okay, so these are like the all-stars of, of, of rugby playing, you know, internationally. Um, so it, it's very exciting. It's yearly, which I love, and um, it makes for some great viewership. Um, all right, guys, just wanted to give you guys a rundown on that, a, a little bit of the update on the Six Nations um, and what was going on this weekend. I also wanted to give you guys an update on uh, my progression and what's going on with me as far as uh, my surgery. And again, thank, very thankful that there are people out there that uh, do this and that help people and uh, don't settle for 55s and 65s in high school because they can. They go on to uh, do great things and uh, change lives and, and salvage, salvage, literally salvage lives. So uh, I, I appreciate that. I'm grateful for that. And I'm actually very grateful and appreciative that I had this surgery. And uh, again, it's all part of the process. Um, part of me feels like this needed to happen for me to appreciate what I'm able to do on the daily. All right, everyone, with that said, um, I'll be back soon with uh, more episodes. Uh, just do me a favor, if you like this content, if there anything resonates with you, uh, like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And also, if you guys could, if you can give me a five-star rating on, on the variety of uh, platforms that I'm available on, um, I'd appreciate that. Uh, I'm gonna keep putting out more episodes. Um, some of them are gonna be weekly. Um, I'm going to try to do once every two weeks at this point, um, but some, some of them are going to be sort of clustered. So um, I'm going to keep do, putting out content as ideas strike me and as I think that um, topics would resonate with other people. Um, all right, guys, take care of yourselves. I'll speak to you soon. God bless. And thanks for listening.